Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the VIP Ignite podcast. I'm your host, Deneen White. Today, I am very excited to introduce you to one of our newest Inner Circle members, Joshua Reyes. Joshua has a story that should inspire any person listening to really just pursue their dreams and just be a better person. I'm so excited for Joshua to share his story with us today. So I hope you're ready. Get your notebooks out because you're about to be inspired. Hi, Joshua. How are you today? Hey, Denine. Good afternoon. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm How are you? so excited. I'm awesome. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Ever since you and I talked, I guess it was a week ago. See, I don't know how long, but anyway, ever since you and I talked, I've been so excited to have you share your story. It's been just, it's I've like just been so inspired since I spoke to you. So, um, just, the, I mean, I have a schedule for 45 minutes cause we did talk for over an hour for our pre-interview. So I would just like you to start by, um, sharing some of your story with us. Holy cow. That was a long time. Huh? <laughs> well, I, I, you definitely, I'll try to, whew, no pressure here. <laughs> No, this is this is like there is there is no pressure. This is just the conversational zone today. I'm just messing. <laughs> um, <I know. laughs> so, 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 so yeah. How did, exactly did you want me to take this off? First of all, thank you for having well, me on the podcast. It's, oh my gosh! Thank honor. you so much for being for agreeing to be on the podcast. But I really appreciate people taking the time out to talk to me and to share their stories. So why don't we start with like where, where you started, where you grew up and what your life was like as a child. Oh, all right. Going down memory lane. Well, so. Yeah, memory um, lane. Uh, well, for those of you out there, uh, my name is Joshua Reyes. Um, I'm currently 23 years old now. Uh, I was born in Brooklyn, New York, in the rough areas. Um, I, I grew up with a, a single mother of three, so no father. Um, and um, yeah, growing up, um, life was life was pretty tough. Growing up in poverty, um, my mother just came from Puerto Rico, so she she hardly knew any English. She had a rough childhood herself. So, I mean, just growing up, I, I grew up in, in, like, extreme poverty, not able to fully, like, have those opportunities out there that the normal person um, out there would. So most of my life was just kind of a struggle and a battle, um, which is kind of a good, a good thing because it's, it's – giving me that grind and that mindset I have today. So, I mean, but growing up, I was always surrounded by not the best role models. I was always surrounded by drugs, violence, gangs, witnessing shootings. Um, Just a really toxic environment. Um, And 
you know, growing up in the hood, you you don't have many options. You know, most people end up being a statistic. They, you know, end up joining a gang, getting killed on the streets, dropping out of high school, or doing a crime, ending up in jail for the rest of their lives. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah. growing up, those those are the battles that I had to. Um, those are the statistics that I had to beat and the battles I had to fight on the daily. It's just like a concrete jungle, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So what yeah, was it I mean, in you, Joshua, that said, you know what? I don't want to be a statistic. Like how how did what was it that you saw that you were like, okay, you know what? This isn't who I want to be. Like how when you're in that environment, how was it that you were able to say, you know what? this is the end of the line for me. It's time for me. Like, this is not how my life is going to be. Like, was there a deciding moment when you were like, enough is enough. And this is, I have to get out of here. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of it was compound because growing up, obviously I've seen my mom struggle with three, three kids on her own, barely just getting by to pay bills or put food on the table. And, you know, it was it was my mom who, who out, like, she was the reason why, like, I always fight on because she's been through so much and she sacrificed so much. And all honestly, it was a lot of nights, I mean, of her just telling me, you know, of all the struggles and Poppy, like, you know, you need to do this, do that, so you don't have, so you don't end up like me or end up like, you know. You, anyone in your family, you know, you, you got to be better. You got to, you know, you got to break these generational curses, you know. So mm-hmm. it was always a mission since I was a child to be like, you know what, I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the difference maker, you know. Okay. So ever since I was a young boy, I always had that vision in my mind. Um, but definitely not, um, not, you know, wearing the same clothes every day to school, you know, doing stuff like that, it just mm-hmm. also is giving me more confirmation, you know, this is not the type of life that that I, I want to live or stuff like that. Yeah. You're lucky you had the mother you did because a lot of mothers, um, a lot of people, and it's not because they're malicious, but a lot of people are like, you know what? this is how I have it and this is how you're going to have it. So you better just suck it up. So you're, you're really blessed to have the mother that you did who gave you the vision to get out because I, where I live in Philadelphia, like I see a lot of generational, like a lot of generational poverty, like people don't leave the block. Like people literally in Philadelphia, some people like only leave the block to go to school, but they always come back. So you are really blessed. You had the mother that you did that, had a different mindset too, even though she was going through all the struggles, she had the mindset, you know what, I want better for my kids. So you, I hope that you appreciate, I, I'm sure you do. And having talked to you, I know you do, but it's awesome that you had the mom that you did. Yeah. I mean, she was, you know, nobody's perfect in this world, but she was there to think and then, and I, I, I owe a lot to her, but I mean, also there came a tear uh, point in time in my life where um you know that you get into that age where where you need structure you need a father figure in your life and mm-hmm. um yeah i eventually broke away from my mom because 
I mean, she she got into drugs. And growing up as a child, seeing my mom, you know, abuse drugs and and fall so low, like that affected me horribly. Um, yeah, I can't, so I I can't even imagine. Yeah, so, you know, I'm the only one in my family. I'm the first in my family to, to graduate high school, to even go to college, to do all these things. And, you know, I left my mom at such a young age at 16 to uh to actually to Florida by myself car that I didn't even know how to drive and I was what? working at McDonald's every yeah yeah I was, it was a stick my her first car was a stick shift I didn't even know how to drive the thing and um I was working at McDonald's since I was about 14 14 and a half 15 just you know you know just saving any little dollar I can get and then I bought myself my first car. And then, you know, I just got tired of the life I was living and seeing my mom the way she was. And I was just, like, fed up with the world. I was just like, I'm going to go be a man. And I'm going to, you know, <laughs> do big things. <laughs> Take on the world, right? That's <laughs> what so we all tell us. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, I ended up getting this car. Don't even know how to drive the thing. Don't even test drive it. Like, yeah. Let's go, let's go, young boy. <laughs> and <laughs> I, it was so funny. I ended up buying this car, and I was stuck in the <laughs> parking lot for for hours trying to figure out how to turn the car on. But <laughs> yeah, I figured it out. Thank God, I made it to. I made hey, it got you to Florida, right? <laughs> I made it to Florida. Don't know how, but I was so. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> <laughs> On a wing so, and a prayer, my friend, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm not a dry stick now. <laughs> but uh yeah, so I mean so even even then it was it was still a struggle for me because I was only sixteen, yeah, you know, I left my mom throughout high school and I didn't have that support system of uh, you know, making sure everything's set. And I actually didn't have a guardian, so I couldn't even go to school. Um, oh, wow. I had to ask one of my friends, one of my, so yeah, so I missed, I missed weeks of school, um, during that time period because I couldn't, I just showed up to school at 16, like, hey, I'm trying to enroll, and they're like, where's your parents at? Like, don't have any, I need to, I need to start school, though. <laughs> uh, they're like, no, that's not how it <laughs> You're like, look, you're like the anomaly. Most people your age are trying to get out of school. You're like, no, I want to go to school. And they're like, sorry, can't help you. <laughs> like, how? Like how messed up is that? Yeah, it's it's funny, <laughs> but uh, I mean, I got a friend's mom who who looked out for me, and um, she uh she 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 played the role as my guardian, and I was able to get into school. But even then, awesome. I was I was renting out a small trailer for about a hundred dollars a month, fifty dollars a month, and. I mean, it sounds cheap, but the living conditions were pretty, pretty crazy. Um, there was no heat, no AC. Um, this small trailer, um, cockroaches the size of my hands, to be honest. Cool. Those bed bugs, and you know, I lived through these conditions, you know, because I really didn't have any other options. And yeah. I was just going to school. I was. Just I was going to school. I was working at McDonald's overtime. I mean, night shift. 
and I still managed to mm-hmm. play sports. So, but most of it, I was always I was always sleeping in class because, you know, after my after practices and stuff, I have to go to work, get off like two in the morning mm-hmm. and sleep a couple hours if I can, and then <laughs> go back to school and sleep during class. So a lot a lot of my uh, teachers didn't really understand what I was going through, and so a lot of people judged me in the wrong way. Um, mm-hmm. Like I didn't really care, but. Uh, I was really just struggling to support myself, and even even in the cafeteria, like a lot of kids didn't want to eat their cafeteria food. Like, oh, school food sucks. And I'm just like, no, you have uh-huh. no idea. Like, I'll take anything. So I, I I set it up. I had a few people's numbers. I'd go to this lunch lady in time. So I had my own little thing that I did to survive. And every time the bell would mm-hmm. ring, I'd wait two minutes. And I'd, like, scavenge the lunch tables, like, oh, here's an apple. Here's a oh, chocolate milk. Oh, a half-eaten half yeah. cheeseburger. It's okay. Like, yeah. And I was just trying to survive. And so, like, I was, how at such a young age do you, like, you keep yourself sane while you're working, you're going to school, you're playing sports, and you're scavenging for, scavenging for food? Like, how did you keep yourself like, how did you keep yourself sane? I don't even know, to be honest. I think it was uh, this. I sold myself on the fact that I didn't have anybody telling me what to do at such a young age. So I felt like a boss. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I mean, that's, that's, a, but I, that's a good answer. But, like, lesser people would have been, like, angry at the world or they would have been, they would have just given up and, like, you know what, I don't need to go to school. But, like, you still, like, throughout all of your struggles, you still had the drive. You still wanted your education because you had a goal. You wanted the education, and you, did, you still wanted to play the sport. So I think that's that's awesome. I was just – I can't imagine myself not cracking in a situation like that. Yeah, well, I mean, don't get me wrong. There was many, many nights where I, I spent, like, crying, um, you know, through my struggles. I'm like, man, this really sucks, like. I wish I had someone to be there to help me, or I wish I had this, I wish I had that. But it was mm-hmm. the lack of these things that it gave me the character that I have today. And it, it was, and through that character, I was able to do even more with my life. Um, but I mean, yeah, awesome. when those during the winter with no heat, I could, there was times where I would even miss school because my feet were frozen, I I had to wait a few hours for them to be frosted just so I could get out yeah. of the bed. Or in that summer heat, I was like, dying. So those things are like a lot of people take for granted or food in your stomach. I learned through life, Hard Knocks University, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so... I remember it came a time where, where I, and also my whole life I've I've been an underdog. Like a lot of people say, oh, you're just gonna end up like everyone else. Um, like and, and um, so like I didn't want that. So I was like, always oh, like, yeah, I'm gonna prove them wrong. Like, oh, they say I'm not gonna graduate high school. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna prove them wrong. Or they do something I can do this. Like I'm gonna show them. Like you can do whatever you set your mind to. And yeah. So that's that's what kept me going, and that's awesome. I, I came a point in time where I was 
I was working, going to school, playing football, doing wrestling and all that stuff, and I was like, living month to month, and I'm like, man, I do not want this for my life. Like, this can't be it. You can't mm-hmm. just work to live, pay bills, and, you know, that's not life. And yeah. I always wanted to go to college and, you know, do the whole college thing, but I didn't have any mentors guiding me through that, or I didn't even know about financial okay. aid or anything like that, so. I was always a jock in high school, so when the Marine Corps <laughs> would bring their um, little pull-up bar, I'd always be the one to show out, like, yeah, he's his 30 pull-ups, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, Ooh, I'm feeling cool guy. <laughs> and that made me feel good about myself, like, yeah. But I ne- it never occurred to me, like, ooh, this, this could be a path. So I was like, no, I don't want to go. But as graduation came closer in my high school, Days were ending. I had, I had to really think about my life, and I was like, "Yeah, I, I need to do something." So I can't be living in this trailer anymore with these bed bugs mm-hmm. and these cockroaches. Or like, no way, this is not the life I want to be living. So I ended up um, joining the Marine Corps at 17, and um, boy, was that a journey! And it humbled me in many ways. Um, but yeah. taught me you a said lot. you were craving um, male guidance, and then you joined the Marine Corps, right? I mean, woo, from one extreme to the other. Yeah, that's, that's some guidance for some young lost boys <laughs> out there, I tell you. <laughs> a lot of screaming, too. <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, I figured, like, if I was going to join the military, I was going to go all out because I've always been mm-hmm. to do things 100%. And, of course, the Marines were are known to be the toughest and the baddest and all those, blah, 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 right? <laughs> yeah, that's um, but, definitely the yeah, hardest so, core out of all the mill branches of the military. Hoorah! Hoorah! Shout out to all my veterans out there. <laughs> Hoorah! <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I ended up joining the Marine Corps at 17. Um, my mom actually had to sign those papers. They had, actually had to visit her so she can go do that, and then she didn't want to sign them. She was like, oh, you crazy, you're going to die. And I was just like, no, you better sign those papers. This is for my future. And, like, I went to, and she finally signed, and I was like, you know what, if I'm going to die, if I'm going like, if I'm, I have a better chance of dying in the streets, in the hood, than, and, then in the Marine Corps, and if I do in the Marine Corps, at least it's an honorable one. At least that was my, that was my yeah. mentality. So I was like, you know, might as well go do something great with my life. And this was a, a stepping stone and a foundation where I could have that platform to to build and do what I, what I have set my mind to do. And yeah, so mm-hmm. I ended up joining, and um, I was super ambitious. I remember uh, getting to my command and telling my my superiors, like, hey, I want to be Marine of the Year. And here's some young knucklehead, you know, <laughs> super, like, yeah, super motivated. And they're just like, shut up. They're like, shut the F up, Ray. You'll never be Marine of the Year. You'll never do this. You'll never do that. Just get back to effing work. And I was like, nice. good, good to go. Way to be encouraging. Like, good to go. Yeah. 
And I was like, good to go. Aye, aye. And so, you know, I just, I just put my head down and, you know what, you know what, I'm going to show people. Because, you know, people didn't say I wasn't going to graduate high school. And even my teachers, they said, oh, sit in class, you have to be in my class. Like, what do you want to do with your life? You want to be like the rest of the kids? Or how would your coach feel if you fail my class? You can kick your... So I was always dealing with stuff like that. So when I graduated high school, it was like a aha moment for me. I was like, yes, I did it. Amongst all odds, all these adversities. And then I went to the Marine Corps. I graduated boot camp. And I was like, yeah, I did it. Yes, keep it coming. So when they told me I couldn't be Marine of the Year, I said, you know what? I'm going to show them. I don't know how I'm going to do it. There's no blueprints to this. Or I don't know. I just had that belief and that faith. In, in in my heart and my soul that I was gonna do it. So I, for a whole year straight, I just grinded. I grinded. I I worked overtime. Put in. I just lived. I just lived and breathed the Marine Corps, and I did a bunch of nonprofit volunteering for multiple organizations, and I was like, wow, this is. It opened my mind up too, because I never had opportunities to do that, and so I was getting recognition mm-hmm. not 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 just on duty but off duty, and okay. um, just really going above and beyond my peers to the point where, um, where it was just like a year straight of that, and I was I was a full time college student, full time active duty, you know, and I was just like I was getting I was getting blown out, exhausted, I couldn't anymore. You know, uh, after that year hit, I was like, I hit my limit. I'm done with the Marine Corps. I hate the Marines. I hate life. Like, nothing is giving in. And I was just super salty. And I was like, I need a break. My hair was falling out. And I just went. I took, yeah, it was crazy. I took 30 days of leave. And just like so discouraged from life because I was just beat down and exhausted. And like I started doing drugs while I was on my vacation. Um, you know, just drinking and like I, I hit rock bottom, I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. And then after those 30 days came, I was like, wow, I was contemplating on even going back. <laughs> uh, I ended up, yeah. I have to go back, obviously. So, and I'm going back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah. And um, that day I got back, I remember I was like, Fuck, I'm going to be screwed because like, I smoke and all these horrible things that I'm not supposed to do. Like, my life is over, my career's finished. And so, like, I was just preparing myself you- and then I get there. What was that? <laughs> No, you broke all the rules while you were on leave, so you were in you were in a hill of trouble there. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I was so scared, <laughs> but God is good, I tell you. And then, uh, yeah. So that day, I got that, the next day. I had, we got back to work and stuff, and we had a mass formation that day. I remember, hey. Mass formation at the head, uh, headquarters, main hangar. I was like, whoa, what's going on? Like, something must be going on. Like, are we going to war? Did someone pass away? Like, we don't know. 
okay, we go. I go to the formation, thousands of Marines and sailors, and uh, next thing you know, we're sitting there, and the general from Japan is there, and uh, with his sergeant major and this big, you know, leadership, and they call my name, Cobreus, front and center, and I'm just like. Okay, no way. There's no way that that's me, of all people. <laughs> I know there's like five or six of us named Reyes here. No way. And then, again, Copa Reyes, front and center. And I'm like, oh, shoot. You don't get caught a second time in the Marines. If they have to call you twice, then that's a problem. Someone's getting, someone's getting asked up. And then, oh, geez. Like, <laughs> third time you're done for it, so I remember my staff was like, hey, Ray, that's you. Get, get up. Get the hell up there. And I was like, all right. All right. And I'm like, now I'm like, holy crap. My stomach, my freaking heart sinks to my stomach. I'm freaking out because I'm like, holy crap. I'm going to get in so much trouble. They knew what I did. How did they find out? I'm just trying to play out all these scenarios. And here I am marching in front of thousands of Marines and sailors trying to make sure my marching is right on point. And then. I'm like, damn, I'm so screwed. What is this about? And I get to my general, and he's like, good afternoon, sir. He's like, good afternoon. He's like, no, why you up here? And I'm like, no, I have no idea. So, and then he just looks at me, just stare, on this cold steel stare. I'm like, man, I took a big gulp. I'm like, mm. and then he's like, And then he's like, congratulations, Marine. You've been nominated uh, non-commissioned officer Marine of the Year. And I'm just like, holy! I didn't like, believe. What? It. Yeah, I didn't believe. It. I was just like, holy! It took me. It took a while. Like, oh my god! Like, all this. It didn't hit me till afterwards, and they did a big. Uh, he held a big speech. I got. I was awarded. I was promoted to sergeant on the spot. They did a um, awesome. a little speech. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like something out of a movie, right? And I'm like, oh, my God, like, and I, you know, it's, and then it didn't hit me until afterwards, I shook many hands, and all the people that told me that I wasn't going to make it, and they're like, they're telling me, like, you know what, you did it, Ray, like, they're like, you know what, you made me eat my words, I'm proud of you, man, and I was like, no, man, you know what, I thank you, because it was your words that fueled my fire, people who said I couldn't do this, couldn't do that. It gave me that extra push and that motivation to to go further and actually achieve what I set my mind uh, to achieve. And so yeah, I remember it didn't really hit me to afterwards. Like wow, um, I'm Marine of the Year. Oh my God! And I remember calling my mom like crying. I call my mom crying. I'm like, hey mom, like I made it. I like, and then she's like. Why are you crying? Oh my gosh, she starts crying. Are you going to? Are you going to? Are you going to? I was like, no, mom. Like, I was not made me the year. She's like, oh my god, don't scare me like that. And I was just like, oh. But it was, it was, it was so surreal for me. It was, I was just like in such shock. Like, so, how could, you know, this young boy grew up in, in the hood with, you know, 
extreme poverty, no no father, surrounded by drugs, violence, gang, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff, been able to to do all these things, and and I said, am I like, oh, did you, like I want to just motivate and inspire people of all walks of life that no matter where you come from or or your upbringing that you can you can do it do whatever it is that you set your mind to like it's possible you just gotta really want it and have that drive and a strong why and purpose for your life and yeah so I was just so I was like yeah and now I had I had the marine crab at my fingertips like oh this is awesome. I had so many opportunities that came up, and I was like, wow, you know, I'm going to be a lifer now. Oof. And then yep. just when I hit just when I hit my peak, two weeks later, I break my back in oh. a martial arts, uh, martial arts instructor course. Um, yeah, my job in the Marine Corps, I, was, I've, I worked with bombs, missiles, rockets, and stuff like that, but I was also a martial arts instructor. So okay. I was doing this course and I was fighting three of my instructors at once and I got tossed the wrong way and landed on my back and, oh. and I was like, wow. And from there, like, I knew something was just wrong. Like, I, I, I was, I went to the ER and they're like, yeah. It was bad. Like, I couldn't walk. I needed surgery. So now, like, and this is all, like, this is literally two weeks after I was nominated Marine of the Year. So I'm like, wow. Just when the trajectory of my life was going in such a good direction, this crap happened for me. I'm like, shit. And so there I am, made up in the hospital. And my surgeon is telling me, like, Hey, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. For someone who's so young and this and that, like your back is completely jacked up. You're gonna need multiple spine surgeries. Your your military career is over. You might might want to start thinking about what you want to do with your life, pick up some hobbies, pick a new career path and you're gonna have pain for the rest of your life and you might possibly be in a wheelchair also for the rest of your life. Thank you. So as as a Marine, you know, I'm just like, yeah, I'm hardcore, badass. So, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, something I don't know, you know. And, but as soon yeah. as he left and shut that door, I tell you, I I broke down and I was like, why, God, why me? Like, why? Why mm-hmm. is all this happen? Why is all this happening to me? And, like, especially being alone, um, Mhm. I, I didn't have my family there. I didn't have anyone there to support me through those times. Um, so it was it was extremely tough for me, and I fell into a dark depression. And so I was bedridden for a couple months, and you know, after my second surgery, I was like, no, this is this is not it. Well, actually, this woman came in. She she was an evangelist and. And I remember her saying, you know, um, do you mind if do you have a moment? She came in one evening, and she and she asked me if I had a moment. And I just simply looked at my legs, and I looked at her, and I was like, well, I can't go anywhere, so 
Yeah, of course. I had a moment. And she, <laughs> she, she like, ended up, uh, you want to laugh, she, but you feel bad laughing at that. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's so ironic, right? Do I have a moment? Let me think about it. <laughs> no, right, so, yeah. No, well, I guess so. <laughs> so she, she asked if she could share the gospel with me, and I said, you know what, at this point of my life, I have nothing left to lose. Why not? And she shared the gospel with me for about, you know, 20 minutes. And then she said, do you accept Jesus Lord as a Christ and Savior? And I said, yes, I do. And every day she came and she prayed. She prayed for my health. She prayed for me. She helped me through those times. And it was like, she was like a guardian angel. It was so crazy. And like I said, I was in a dark depression at this time. And even after that, I was still kind of messed up mentally. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> I ended up in a, a psychiatric ward um, mm-hmm. during that time period. I was, so I was, in that, I was in the ward for about two months because I felt unsafe, you know. I was, I was in this deep depression. I didn't want to live anymore, like. I was like, you know, I didn't get to achieve all these things I wanted to do with my life because I was only 20 when it happened to me. And so, you know, I'm not, it doesn't make me crazy. I, like, I, I even said, like, wow, like, I never would imagine I'd be in a place like this. But mm-hmm. I, I think, so I think much. many times they, they put, they put people in the category of being mentally ill when they're not actually mentally ill, but they don't know how else to categorize them. Yeah, exactly. And that's one thing I realized while I was in there. Because as a Marine, you're trained to be macho tough. And I was like, you know, no emotions, blah, blah. But I realized, like, we're all human beings. Like, we have these feelings and we have emotions. Um, and people that I met in there weren't crazy. Like, I'm not... I mean, you have to be crazy to go after your dreams, right? <laughs> but... Um, exactly, and you know, if that's, if, that's the, if that's the brand of crazy you're going to be, be as crazy as you can. <laughs> right, 100%. But, yeah, so I just realized that people in there weren't crazy. They were just at a really low moment in their lives, and they didn't know how to, they didn't know how to handle it. And I was just like, wow. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to grow and learn so much while I was in there, and I was also able to, to spread spread light, honestly, in such a dark place. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. I was like, wow, that's so crazy. And, um, you know, I ended up getting better getting out, and I had all this time during recovery because I was, I was appointed to a wounded warrior battalion for a year and just focusing okay. on recovery rehabilitation um, to go either transition out or into the Marine Corps. So um, in my case, I was transitioning out and getting ready for a civilian life. And so I had a lot of time okay. to think about, you know, what I wanted to do with my life and plan and, you know, really just fight again, get back to where I was physically and mentally um, mm-hmm. with therapy three times a day and all this stuff, working with top trainers and all that. 
Mm-hmm. And so I, I was still so lost. I was like, you know, I'm just going to do everything. I'm, a, I'm just going to make a bucket list because life is too short. Uh, I'm going to travel the world, and, and then I'm just going to let it come to me. And so okay. I went backpacking, and after I got out, I was able to get better, and I got back to the point where I was walking again. So I went from bedridden to That alone is a miracle with a, back, with a back injury like you had. God is good, I tell you. So, yeah. He is all the time. <laughs> yeah, and it was such a blessing. And so I... So I was like, yeah, I'm gonna make this. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna find myself. I'm gonna travel. I'm gonna enjoy my life because life is short. And so, um, I went backpacking in Europe after I got. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I went. Yeah, from bedridden to wheelchair to a walker, <laughs> um, and then from limping without the walker and assistance, and then to like. Now I'm actually fully healthy. Obviously, I still have a bunch of pains, but it's nothing. Like, I'm healed. Like, thank God. But I went traveling, right? I went traveling after this crazy journey of the Marine Corps, four years. And it it, it occurred to me after my fourth month. So I went all throughout Europe, and then I was in Italy. And I was like, wow, man, it hit me. I heard... Like, I want to inspire people, motivate people who've overcome so much and odds and adversity that they can do whatever it is that they want to do. And it was through acting. Um, awesome. Or, like, I knew I always wanted to inspire people and have a platform to do it, but it wasn't until I saw Adam Driver, who was a form, former Marine also, who's now the face of Star Wars franchise and multiple other big production movies, he, I was like, wow, he was able to do it, he was a Marine, like, he inspired me, and there was a bunch of also other wounded veterans that inspired me also to keep fighting, and so I was like, you know what, that's it, with that, I can have a platform to inspire, motivate people, and I can also express everything that I've been through in my life, and formulate it into a piece of artwork, you know? Like, it all it just mm-hmm. all made sense to me some sort of way. So, I'm like, wow, okay, cool. So, I Googled acting schools and all that. Ended up uh, with, I have no prior experience, no acting experience, no no modeling experience, none of that. Ended up going, um, Googling a school. And New York, Film, New York Film Academy popped up. And I was like, cool, I have to prepare a monologue. I had no idea what that was. Didn't know what an audition was under that. I was like so intimidated. I was like, oh my god. Uh, so I, you know, I just did my research and everything. Got accepted. I, uh, I studied at the South Miami South Beach, um, campus here in Florida mm-hmm. for about eight eight months, and then. I realized, like, you know what, I'm, I want to go out. Like, I feel like there's more. There's more for me out there. Like, because okay. after, after I got, you know, into it, I was like, oh, yes, I want more and more and more. So I went mm-hmm. to New York City for two months, 
and I did a conservatory uh, at the Atlantic uh, theater company, and which blew me away. I was like, whoa, this is awesome. This is where I need to be, you know, in these major hubs, learning all this stuff. And so I ended up going, coming back home, and after that, I was just like, oh. I was actually going to travel the world again because I figured life is short and, you know, you got to travel and live your life. But then that's when I yeah. met Alicia K back on a live webinar. And now that was literally... And here we are. Maybe maybe a week ago. Yeah, yeah. here we are. I, I, now I'm, I'm going all in. Me and her spoke very deeply. I'm, I've burned my boats, and now I'm working with um, Ryan, who's amazing, and just get really just awesome. getting started. So I'm, I feel like I talked way too much. I'm so sorry. Matt, you <laughs> but, should uh, talk. To, this is your moment to shine. This is your podcast. Uh, <laughs> this is exactly what I wanted, Joshua, because you know uh, what the thing is, is like I talk. I talk to so many people. Like I've done this now well over a hundred times. I've done well over a hundred podcasts and everyone has a story to share, but, and I love every person that I've spoken to. I'm going on record as saying that, but every person that I've, like nearly every person that I've spoken to has always has an excuse about, well, I'm from a small town. Well, this, well, that. And if anyone that I've ever spoken to, and all my pods had an excuse to give up. You had about 70 just in our 45-minute conversation here, and you didn't give up. You may have given up in moments, but you didn't give up the big picture. And everything mm-hmm. that you said is what I want my audience to hear in this podcast, and I want them to say, you know what? If that kid who grew up, in the, like the worst part of New York, watching his friends and family getting killed, he moves. He decides, you know what? F this. Excuse my language. I'm I'm not going. Mm-hmm. This is not for me. Then you take yourself to Florida, enroll yourself in school at an age when most kids are dropping out. You mm-hmm. then join the Marine Corps. You set a goal of becoming the Marine of the Year, you achieve your goal. Two weeks later, you break your bloody back, and here you mm-hmm. still are pursuing your dreams and pursuing your goals. So this is, this for me, this is like the podcast of the year because everything <laughs> uh, that you said, podcast takes every excuse that any person I've ever spoken to, they should take their excuses, crumble them up, set them on fire, throw them in the trash, and reevaluate their lives. So I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story. I know it's not easy sometimes to share your story because there's a lot that comes up with it. But the thing is, like, your story is so powerful. And like I told you in our um, pre-interview, I can't wait for this to be made, for your life story to be made into a movie because you have such a powerful story and you have such a powerful spirit. So, you did not talk too much. I wish I could have scheduled us for two hours, but I think that maybe like <laughs> that would you, you you I'd have to like like send you lozenges or something. But no, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your story. I'm excited that you're a part of the VIP Ignite family. 
I can't wait to get to hang out with you. I'm still trying to get myself to Miami so we can hang out soon. But um, I'm just so excited for Definitely. everything that you're doing, for you working with, with Ryan, you working with us, um, seeing you in Los Angeles in a couple months. I mean, I'm just so excited to share your story because you are you're an, an underdog, yeah, but I'd rather label you as an overcomer because that is truly who you are. And your story is so powerful, and I just – I've been bursting at the seams to say all this. So thank you so much for taking the time today to come on the podcast, share your story, share your experiences. And I just want you to know that I really appreciate it. And I hope that you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I can't wait to see what 2019 holds for you. Big things, big things are coming. And thank you so much for allowing me to share. It's such an honor and privilege. And, um, yeah, I feel like God that God gives us doesn't give us anything that we can't handle and everything in my life happened for a reason. And it's just to prepare me for the man I'm to become and just spread yeah. my light and across the world and just motivate all those people out there who may yeah. have, who who may be able to relate to my story in any way, yeah. shape or form. So Yeah, I'm I mean, on a there mission. are millions of people. <laughs> You should be on a mission because there are millions of people who need to hear the, your story and know that they there's nothing holding anyone back. The only thing holding anyone back in this life is the way that they see their story. And I like your story is so powerful. I, I mean, the entertainment industry literally has no idea what's about to hit it because you are a powerhouse and you are. I can't. I honestly, I can't wait to see what. I can't wait to see what 2019 holds and the future because your future is so bright. I'm just so excited. So excited thank for you. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so thank, much. Thank that means for, a lot. Thank, thank you for getting me all fired up. And, yeah, so our time yeah. has flown by. So oh, wow. I can't wait to see what, um, what God holds in the future for you, Joshua. And I can't wait to um, hang out with you soon. We definitely need to, um, whether you whether if you come up to New York, let me know, or I'll definitely, I should be down in Miami hopefully soon. So I'm really excited to meet up with you and just like, just talk. I'm just so excited to see what, what the future holds for you, my friend. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'll be in New York in January. Okay. So we'll link up there. Oh, when you're in New York, let Thank me you know so, much. so I can come up and like hang out. Will do. Awesome. We'll have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and I can't wait to see you soon. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and God bless you. Thank you so much, Denise. God bless you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. Well, if you are at all inspired by hearing Joshua's story, please make sure that you hit subscribe on the VIP Ignite podcast. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere that um, you can get podcast. And if you are interested in learning how to become an actor, a model, or a musician and get connected with some of the most powerful people in the industry, please make sure that you visit our website at ammsociety.com where you can get registered for our next live webinar live webinar, and get qualified to go to Los Angeles in June. Thank you so much and have a blessed day.